Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. I want to get right into the Word. While you're standing, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We've been in a series, a little mini-series for three weeks. I'm going to try to end it today. The series was called From Crowd to the Crown. And um, today is is about the, the first, this is the message that got the whole series going. I've been wanting to talk about this for three weeks, what we're going to discuss today. And that is about finishing strong, about being a finisher. Uh, so while you're at 2 Timothy... I want you to see on the screen, this is 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is what the Bible predicts about the end times. The Bible says, I charge you before God and Lord Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Go to the next one. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having the, your own, their own conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, Paul says, I want, I, I've seen through the Spirit what it's going to look like in 2018. And I just want you to know that it's really not all that good. I mean, there, God's going to be doing some things and good things are happening, but there's also going to be many that are going to depart from the faith. They're going to get caught up in these crazy, weird teachings and doctrines and making up their own things and just falling away. They're not going to be finished finishers in the faith. Everyone hear me? Now let's look at what a finisher looks like. In chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, these are the last recorded words of the great apostle Paul. And I want you to see how he went. I mean, all the last words of people are usually the most important. I've been with some folks when they've been in that last stage of life, praying with them next to the hospital bed or at their home and hospice has done moved in. And what they say to their families and what they have to say are usually the most profound and most important things that they have. Never had people ask about their Facebook or how many liked them on their this and that and nothing about anything else. It's always been about family, about things that are important. Listen to how this finisher went out. He says, verse 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. And this is our verse for today. For I have fought the good fight. I've kept the, I've ran, I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all others who love his appearing. There's where we get from the crowd to the crown. But I want you to read a little bit more detail here. He writes and he says to this young Timothy, he says, be diligent, come to me quickly. 
For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and he's went back to Thessalonica. Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And get Mark, who bring him with you, for he is useful to me from the ministry. Him and Mark had a disagreement in the book of Acts. They broke fellowship and didn't want to hang out and be friends no more. They had a disagreement. But now he's reconciling with them. And in verse 12, in Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus, bring the cloak that I left in Carpus at, at Troas' house when you come, because now he's in a dungeon, he's in prison, and no doubt it's cold and damp. So he's saying, bring that cloak that I left. I love this. And the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much harm. May the Lord repay to him according to his works. You also must be aware of him, for he greatly resisted our words. And at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged to them neither. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all Gentiles, even those that would be in Belleville, Michigan, 2018, may also be delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord, he will deliver me from every evil work and, and preserve me for the heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. By the way, when he said I was delivered from the mouth of the lion, Caesar in Rome was going to throw him into the theater to be uh, mauled to death by, by lions. But he was a Roman citizen, so he was allowed out. And that saved him. God worked a miracle and allowed that out. But these are the last words. And what I want to talk about today is I am a finisher. How many want to be a finisher? Father, I thank you for your word that you have preserved over all this time for us to receive revelation, inspiration, direction, and instruction, and even correction so we can be finishers. Help us not stray for any of us that may be straying, God, in any, in any area of our life. But Father, I pray you use this message. Use me today to help bring the spirit behind this passage to our hearts today because you want us all to be a finisher. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell three people I'm a finisher before you're seated. Amen. Or you could say I wish to be a finisher. Amen. Amen. Good to see you all out today. God is good. He is all the time. Amen. All the time. God is good. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yes. I know. Amen. Being a finisher. We have been learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. How many enjoyed these three weeks? Little mini series. Okay. Five of you. Come on. I'm getting discouraged. I'm going to go longer. Amen. Been a little tough teaching, uh, pretty serious stuff, but it's something that's going to help us to be real followers of Jesus Christ, and that's what I'm into. That's what I'm here to do. That's what our church is here to do, is to make sure we get produce real followers of Christ. And so we went from being a believer to being a follower, and today is about being a finisher. Jesus was a finisher. How I many believe that? The last words on the cross, he said, it is finished. Amen. Jesus also wants us to be finishers. In John 17, he says to Heavenly Father, to God, he's praying. He says, I haven't, uh, your will, Father, is that I should lose none of these. So it's God's will that we all finish. All the disciples were finisher. now, fi finishers. Now, they struggled. They weren't perfect, but they got it together and they finished. And so we may not always get it together. We may kind of fumble and stumble through life. But I'm here to tell you that God wants us all to finish strong. Oh, you ain't going to give me no help today. He wants us all to finish strong. Yeah. 
And so um, I love in verse 13, and Paul kind of gives us a little bit insight of how it is uh, to finish strong. He's about to be beheaded. He wrote this letter in 67 AD. He was beheaded later that year by King Nero. So that's why he knew his time was short. And he's writing to his young protege saying, hey, keep the faith. Read First and Second Timothy. And he's saying, hey, there's going to be crazy doctrines out there. There's going to be crazy people uh, trying to get you confused and, and will produce strife and arguments about genealogies. He actually says that about genealogies. But you keep the faith and devotion of a pure heart and hang around with people who love God and grow in faith, grow in love, and let everyone see that you're on fire for God. I mean, I love this. Let no one despise you because of your youth, Timothy, but be on fire. And so here in 2 Timothy, he's writing and he's telling Timothy, hey, man, I want you to know three things, and this is our verse I want to focus on. Three things that that I, I fought the good fight. I fought it. It was hard. It was a fight, but I fought the good fight. I ran the race. I finished the race. I just didn't start. I just didn't buy me a nice outfit so I could take a picture, hashtag getting in shape, hashtag life goals. No, I actually got in there and sweat and finished the race. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I ran it. I finished the faith. And that last one, he said, I kept the faith. But you read that in verse 13, the night before he's going to be beheaded, or, or a few months, he says, Uh, Paul, or he says, Timothy, bring my cloak. But he says, bring me the books. Bring me the parchments. Now, here's a guy that knew he was getting ready to die, but still he was wanting to learn the things of God. Still he was wanting to learn. Why? Because a finisher never stops learning. A finisher never stops loving. He even reconciled some relationships there. Come on, somebody. Him and John Mark didn't get along. Him and John Mark, read it in the books of, book of Acts. Paul wants to go to Convoy of Hope. He wants to go out there and do this great outreach. And he had young uh, Mark go with him. Mark got halfway there. And Mark was like, oh, I got to go, Paul. I got to go. I got homesick. He actually got homesick. And Paul said, hey, it's time for you to put your big boy pants on. Get out here and, hey, and man up. And we're doing a work for God. And that's my version, okay? So if you go looking for all of that, like, where is he? I don't know about this church, Amen. Okay, that's my translation of what happened. They had a a very sharp disagreement. All we know is John Mark was young, and he was homesick, and so he went home. And they parted ways. In fact, he didn't even take them with him on his second trip. But here, in in his last stages of life, he wants to make sure that his conscience is clear and that he has reconciled all of his relationships. He says, bring John Mark with you, because you know what? We need to work this out. I don't want to go out leaving anything on the sideline. I, I don't want to go out and having people saying things at my funeral. Well, you know, I want to make sure that I've tried my best. I'm still going to have haters because you know it. Haters going to hate. But anyway, I just want to make sure my conscience is clear. I've went the extra mile and I've manned up and I said, hey, we got a disagreement. Let's work this out. Someone say finish strong. And he wanted to learn. He still wanted to learn. Why? Because a finisher never stops learning. A finisher never stops loving. A finisher never stops following Christ. I want us to focus on that first verse there, the three things that he says. And if I could bring the Apostle Paul on stage today and I would sit him down, I would want to interview him. And I'd want to say, Paul, you used a lot of analogies in your writing. You talked about being a farmer. You talked about being a soldier. Why did you say these three things that you, you, ran, you, know, you um, fought the fight, you finished the race and, and kept the faith? 
And so that's what I wanted to use these three scriptures today because I believe that he are, he's given us insight. And the first one is, as he says, hey, he says, I have, I have finished the race, or no, excuse me, I have fought the good fight. I, he calls it a good fight. He said, I've never stopped fighting. And if I want to be real with you today, a finisher is someone who never stops fighting. Let me encourage you today, don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting, don't ever lose your fight, and don't ever lose your praise. Come on, somebody, never lose your fight and never lose your praise. Paul said, I was a fighter all the way to end, but he said, I'm a good, I fought the good fight. What is a good fight? The good fight is what it's called in the Bible. It's a big word. It's called sanctification. Everyone say that with me. Sanctification. Sanctification means you've been set aside for a special task by God. And so since you've been set aside for a special task, like the Navy SEALs are set aside from the U.S. military. They are military, but they're the Navy SEALs. They, they are a step higher. They're, they're sanctified. They're set apart to do a special task that not everybody else can do. But if you ask a Navy, Navy SEAL or if you get close to their life, you'll notice that they also live a different way. you notice they go through a little bit more rigid training. They got a little bit more strong and, and more uh, uh, disciplines in their life. Why? Because they're sanctified. They are set apart. That word sanctification, same way for us as Christians. Once we become a Christian and once we say, I'm a believer, once we say, I'm a follower, and we get into the wheelbarrow. Remember that a couple weeks ago. And we, and we say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Then God says... He puts a mark on us. In other words, we're sanctified. We're set apart. And we then are expected to fight the good fight. What is that? Fighting against our flesh. Again, I know I've prepared myself. I'm not going to get nobody running around going amen doing cartwheels today. But I want you to know something. The first thing Paul would say is what I meant by that. I want you to know that a finisher never outgrows sanctification. That's what I'm saying. Paul's right. Say, I, I never come to the place that I said, you know what? I, I'm, I've been serving God for a little bit uh, now, and so I'm just going to put it in neutral. I'm just going to coast through Christianity. No, no, no. Listen, you need to know that comfort is an enemy of the faith. Comfort is an enemy of the faith. When you and I begin to get comfortable in our faith, what happens is we begin, our relationship with God begins to get dull, and we soon start to lose that edge. Come on, somebody. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians in 9, 27. Paul said, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Come on, somebody. Lest after me even preaching to others, I myself would be disqualified. Wow. He says, hey, in other words, I've been serving the Lord for a while. I'm getting old, but you know what? I still have some rules in place. I still have some boundaries that I put in my life. I still, I still carry my cross. I still fight the good fight. I keep my flesh under control for fear. That's amazing to me. For fear that even I, the great apostle, that have preached to millions and uh, potentially thousands and now through the letters of the word of God, billions of people throughout time. But he says, you know what? I keep some rules in my life for fear that even I could fall away. I still keep some, some boundaries. But let me add this to you. I believe that he would also say that a finisher never outgrows sanctification because a finisher knows that you grow through sanctification. 
Can I help you today? I know I'm a little teaching today, but hey, you got to get this. He would say that uh, I don't outgrow sanctification, but I do realize that I grow through sanctification. You grow through this process. Now, when I first became a Christian, I was 25 years old. Came out of a lifestyle of partying, and you guys have heard my story, and I've told it to many people. That's all what I was doing. Everybody was doing it, and it started to take a toll. I started, to be honest with you, I started getting tired of it. It just got boring. It got the same old thing, same old cycle, and I just got tired of it. And so I ended up, I, I said, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I said the prayer. I committed my life to Jesus. Well, then immediately, I put some boundaries in my life. I put some, some, some standards in my life, and, and for me, this was something I did. I I would not even go down the liquor down uh, the liquor aisle or the beer aisle in the grocery store because alcohol had such a hold on my life that I didn't even want to be. We call them triggers today. I didn't even want to be tempted. I, I I stayed away from that. I had to come out of many of those things in my life. Why? Because I needed to grow in my relationship with God. If you want to detox yourself and you really want to lose weight and get in shape, you're going to have a life coach come along and say, it don't start in the gym, it starts in your refrigerator. Come on, somebody. I'm going to step on some toes today. If you really want to have that body and want to be all in shape and all that stuff, then we got to get rid of this and you got to get rid of that. I'm like, when you've seen it, you've seen a, uh, The Biggest Loser, remember those shows and all that? I mean, the, the, they start not at the gym because they realize, and here's the point, that sanctification is a process. You are instantaneously made perfect in the eyes of God through the cross of Jesus Christ. We talked about this on Wednesday nights. Uh, but then we are then told to live a life and we're told to carry our cross. In other words, we're expected now that we are followers of Christ to live as followers of Christ. Navy SEALs are now expected to live and to carry themselves like a Navy SEAL. When you become married, you're now expected to live in a person that's in a, a committed relationship. Come on, somebody. On and on and on. When you are a follower of Christ, if you want to be a finisher, Paul said, I never outgrew this sanctification, this process of sanctification. And so what I watched, what happened in my life is, is I wouldn't go in certain areas of my old neighborhood. I kind of like, I kind of like stayed away from many people and focused on Jesus. Okay, that's good. But I want to tell you that there's a step further that God wants us to do. And I'll never forget, we had uh, John Brevere come and he was preaching about this and he was very transparent. And he's actually has these videos out right now all over Facebook and John Brevere, uh, I mean, no, John Brevere, I'm sure everybody here has heard of that awesome man of God. Him and Lisa travel the world, great people of God. We, we were so honored to have them for, for many times to come to our church and, and to minister. We've taught uh, curriculum here at this church. Anyway, but he had a battle with pornography. And he even went through Bible school, was even hired on staff at church. He tells this story. And he had a very serious addiction to pornography. He said he could not even look at a woman without lusting after her. It was eating him up. He was praying. He was having people pray for him. And he just couldn't get free of this thing. I mean, he talks a lot about it. He goes into much further detail. But I love what he said. He said then he began to put some standards in his life that anything that would trigger him or any 
anything that caused him to start lusting or wanting to go that way. He said, by the way, if he was just in a room or area, worked with a person, uh, they could be complete strangers, but he seemed to always have a way of finding a relationship with someone who had the same issue. It was just so amazing how he said there's a spiritual connection even there. But anyway, he said he would put these standards in his life and he saw some victory happening in his life, but he realized that his God's plan for his life wasn't just to hide, wasn't just to, every time he saw a woman coming to just turn his head and, and God's plan for his life wasn't just to hide in his back bedroom with his Bible. But true victory was getting to the place where he could look at a very attractive woman and actually not lust after her and even have a conversation with her. He said, for him, that was huge because he, for so many years, battled in his pornography. And as he's talking about pornography, the Holy Spirit's telling me about alcohol and my issues. How many know I could be up here talking about all these issues, but the Holy Spirit will be putting his finger on the issue you got going on in your life? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. Everybody's perfect today at River of Life. Come on, somebody. You brought your holy face at 1130. I don't know what he's talking about, but it ain't me. I'm in victory. You liar in the house of God. And then I began to hear him talk about having true victory. And I said, you know what, God? That's right. I don't need to hide from this. I need to be able to get to the place where I can, I can go around a place. And you know what? I started getting victory come in my life. As God, I began to grow through the process of sanctification. I began to walk, guess what? Walk down a beer aisle at a grocery store. That was huge for me. Yesterday, Saturday, I'm down in my old neighborhood in Detroit, handing out flyers on Dexter and all these. I'm walking up to people that, that are one, one, one dude, I walked up and he was like, there was a bunch of them and they were doing everything. This is 1130 in the morning. I mean, some people get started early these days. But I'm walking up, we're handing out flyers, and he goes, hey, man, you, got, you don't want to come over here because we're doing something you don't want to see. And I said, but I got some good news for you. I, I used to be where he's at. So I didn't go, ooh, you're and run off. I knew what he's doing. And uh, I was like, you know, first of all, I don't want to get shot or bit by a dog, so I'm just going to hand you one of these from here. But as I said, hey, man, I just got some good news for you. And the flyer says free. And he saw the free. And he was like, and next thing you know, he started talking. And, they, and then I started telling him about Jesus, talking about what we're going to be doing uh, next Saturday right up here at the high school. We're giving away shoes and all these things, man. And then next thing you know, he said, man, I need every one of them. I need everything on that flyer. And, I, and I'm just walking through the neighborhood, and I'm giving out these flyers, and I'm handing them to people, and there's no temptation. There's no bondage on me. Why? Because I've been set free by the power of God. There's no draw in me. And that's what sanctification does. Jesus said it like this one time. He's, he's with his fellows, and he looks out, and he says, hey, guys, the God of this world is coming for me, but he has nothing in me. In other words, I've, I've never outgrown sanctification. I've been young and now I'm old and I still keep some rules in my life. And it's not to hide, it's not about what I can't do. It's about for me to say, hey, what I can do. I can have a relationship with the almighty creator of the universe, the almighty God. I can walk in love. I can have victory over temptation. And John Brevere tell you today that he's been set free and been clean for over 25 years. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But Paul is saying, hey, you want to be a finisher, then you must never outgrow sanctification. Let me give you this quote by William J. He says, there's nothing destroyed by sanctification except for that which would destroy you. In other words, don't be afraid 
to, to make some rules in your life. Don't be afraid if that certain person is toxic to you in your relationship. Man, it's, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm getting my life right. And I remember hearing it, man, with some of my coworkers and stuff. Hey, oh, no, you're holier than that, all this. When I was going to church, I said, no, no, man, I'm not better than you. I may be going to a better place. But anyway, I said, hey, there's still some of that in me. I wanted to argue. But I was like, hey, man, I'm not better than you. I'm just trying to get my relationship with Jesus, man. I'm just trying to get my life right. And I watched how people begin to see that and watch how God worked in my life. So you never outgrow sanctification, but you do grow through sanctification. Then Paul says in the next line, he says that I've finished the race. Finished the race. Paul, what would you say that that means? You've finished the race. The race, he always implies that it's his calling in life. And so I think of serving. So I think he would say, Eddie, and I want you to know that a finisher never outgrows serving. I don't think you ever get to the place where you no longer do windows in the kingdom of God. We've had people come here to the church when my dad was pastoring. I'll never forget this one woman came in and she said, she waited after service and she came into my dad's office and she said, hey, pastor, are you the pastor? Yeah. And my dad said, yeah. She said, I just want you to know, she plopped down on his desk all these credentials. She had all these degrees and credentials, which is awesome, which is amazing. Get your education. I'm all for it. I'll never forget her attitude though. She was like, I just want you to know, I want to be a part of this church, but I don't do kids. I don't clean the church. I don't uh, minister to young people. I want to talk to adults and only minister on adults on Sunday mornings. And she's just going through. My dad said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, time out. Well, you're not going to do river of life. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Have a good day because we serve a God because Jesus never outgrew serving. What makes you think we're going to outgrow serving? You know, I remember when my first job was at McDonald's. I couldn't wait to get off the reg grill. That's the regular hamburger where you make grill. By the way, it's the hardest job I've ever had in my life. 14 years old, couldn't wait to work, had to get a worker's permit because I was so young to get to work. I was like, I want to get up because I wanted some money. Hey, girls like money and job. Girls like guys that got a job, right? Ladies, amen, I'm saying. So I was like, hey, this goes together. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a woman. So I was like, hey, I need to get some money. So I'll go flip burgers if that's what it takes. Anyway, so I did. Couldn't wait to get in there. Got my little uniform, looked all cheesy, but you know, I was like, we didn't have picture phones in them days. I was like, Polaroid, flash, you know, Anyway, no, I didn't take a picture. But anyway, I was so excited about McDonald's, but uh, it was the hardest job I ever had in my life. And I remember that I got an uh, opportunity to be promoted to crew chief. I don't even know if it's still called that, but it was crew chief. And one question, is it going to get me off the grill? And my uh, boss, who was actually my aunt, double whammy, worked for your family, he's really tough. She said, uh, it'll get you off sometimes. Yeah, you'll be, in, you'll be you know, a crew chief, you'll be setting the schedules. What she failed to tell me is that if someone calls off, guess who does the red grill? Yes, this guy right here. And I remember we, I had to do that and learn about that. She said, Eddie, you need to learn a lesson in life. That the higher you go in responsibility, the higher you go in leadership, if you're gonna be a good leader, then you need to learn to lead by example. This is some good stuff on Sunday morning at River of Life. And, and I said, man, that's so good. That's exactly what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said in Mark. He said, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus said this. And then after he had this little talk with his group, he takes a towel and he put it around him, and he began to wash the feet 
of his disciples. He began to wash the feet of his disciples. And Peter said, Jesus, you ain't washing my feet. I mean, you are God. You ain't washing my feet. And Jesus said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. Peter said, wash everything about me. I'm getting in there. Wash my head. Wash my hands. Ooh, get the back too. I'm here. Wash me. Come on. I had it wrong. What's he doing? He's saying, Peter, you got it wrong. In the kingdom of God, the way up is the way down. If you really want to impress people, you'll impress people by telling them your victories. But if you really want to connect with people, you'll share your struggles. You'll come alongside of them and say, hey, I may not be perfect. I may have made some mistakes, but I'm on the right road and I'm committed to the Lord and he's going to clean this up. Are you with me? Amen. He washed his feet. I was so blessed yesterday handing out these flyers. We met in the parking lot at Northwestern High School. And they came, uh, there was a couple pastors there from, there's like 13 churches that are coming together. And I looked in Pastor Mike Krowitz from Detroit World Outreach. That's where Melinda and I came out of that church. And he was the first pastor who I served under. And there he is, a little older now, got the salt and pepper hair. You know, he wasn't so fast getting out of the car, but he's out in the middle of a hot parking lot with bumblebees. Every bumblebee in Detroit was in that parking lot. We're all trying to pray, you know, and I'm like, and this dude's praying like forever. I thought they were going to have a worship service. I was like, I love Jesus and I love you, but I ain't getting stung. Will you say amen? We need to go already. We're going to edit this out, okay, because he might be listening to this podcast. Anyway, but Pastor Mike was there. Pastor Mike was the guy that Melinda and I got saved. We're in our early 20s, and we started saying, hey, man, it's time for us to do something at church. She went right into girls' ministry, learned, got certified, learned to mentor young girls. I said, hey, man, my heart's always been on the streets. I'm going to go witnessing. And so Saturdays, I would go knocking on doors. First thing I said, I am not a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Second thing is I'm not selling nothing. No, but you'll learn to just invite people to church. We had these little flyers made up. But I, I remember that was my first ministry. And to see him at his age still doing it. Then, then come Pastor Art Ludley, another pastor from MOC. And he's still pastoring down there. These guys uh, are a, a part of large, huge ministries. And, and it's okay if they didn't show. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get offended because I don't expect leaders to do everything. Come on, somebody. And so, but I was so blessed. I think God did that just specially for me. Been serving the Lord 21 years, and here I got these, these, uh, these mentors of mine showing up to hand out flyers in Detroit. I was like, man, that's awesome. They're finishers. I said, they're finishers. Come on, get this today. You're never going to outgrow serving. You're never going to get to the place where you look too good. One guy told me, Jerry Miracle told me years ago, he said, Eddie, if you can walk by a piece of paper at your church and not pick it up, I doubt you're even called to the ministry. Where's that in the scripture? David said, I would be glad to be a doorkeeper at the house of God. His attitude was, God, I don't need to be the limelight. I don't need to have Reverend, Pastor, PhD in front of my name. Just let me, hey, I just want to serve. If there's anything I can do to help benefit the kingdom of God. If it's wash feet, Jesus said, hey, I'll do it. Anything that needs to be done, I'll do it. The apostle Paul, as he got older, the more humble he got. This man here that we're talking about, the apostle Paul. He first said that he, he described himself as being the least of the apostles. Apostles were super dudes. I mean, they were like the men. And he called himself, actually, he said, I'm like one who was abnormally born because he didn't come as a follower of Christ. He wasn't a part of the disciples. That's what I love about Paul. I can relate to Paul. Paul was persecuting the church. He hated Christians. 
He would drag them out. He would catch them in meetings like this. He would come in and he would interrupt them and start carrying them out and force them to deny Jesus or live or die. That's what this dude was. That's what he did. But he had a conversion. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that all the preaching, all the singing, all the smoke and mirrors that we may have in churches aren't going to do anything until you and I have an encounter with the living God. Is this good? Are you enjoying this? I'm going to get the CD myself. I think I'm going to listen to it because I think this is some stuff that we don't hear a lot about today, but we need to hear about today. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. A few years later, he got a little bit older. He wrote to the Ephesians, I'm the least of all the saints. And in here in this letter to Timothy, he writes and he says, I am the chief of sinners. So the older he got, the more humble he got. Even though his status changed and he was promoted, he kept himself little. He looked at himself little in his own eyes. He never forgot where he came from is what I'm trying to say. He never got to the place where he said, you know, I've done enough of this. It's time for me to move on to the big boy stuff. No, he's like, hey, I'll never lose my attitude and my gratitude to serve and to thank God. Whatever needs to be done, I'll do it. Someone say finish strong. Finish strong, that's what he's saying. Finish strong. In the book of Acts, it closes with him renting an old little house. And the Bible says he would just share his faith with whoever came. This is the great apostle who did miracles. He did huge miracles. He One time, him and uh, his partner was out, and they were out at the marketplace doing a ministry, and there was a crippled man there. And the man wanted to be healed, and so God, he prayed for the man. The man was healed in front of everybody, a miracle. Everyone was like, whoa, they saw it. So they started to uh, think he was Hermes, one of the Greek gods, and they started to offer up sacrifices, and this, this whole thing went crazy, and Paul had to get them go, whoa, wait a minute, we are just human. The reason why this man has been healed, he's been healed through faith in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the one you need to worship, not us. I mean, it's awesome, right? I mean, but he saw great, awesome miracles all the time. But yet in the end of the book of Acts, he's down to just a few people that would come to his house and he would share the faith with him. Why? Because he was a finisher. He never outgrew servant. For me, Pastor Eddie, I'm always going to be doing something for the kingdom of God. I know I'm going to get old one day, I'm getting old right now. Two things when I was out handing out flyers yesterday. One is I'm not in my 20s. Some of you guys was booking down them streets, man. I was like, I started, I started making Miranda walk up to the door. I was like, I'm getting the cars on the windows. I'm getting, hey, bless you, Jesus. So number one, I learned that I'm not in my 20s. But the second thing I learned is that I still love it. I, I was singing that song, and I told him in the 930, I had no idea we were singing that today, but I was singing that song. There's no place I'd rather be. I was singing that, walking down Dexter in Detroit, handing out a piece of flyer on a Saturday morning, risk getting stung by bees and bitten by dogs and whoever else. And just one van came up, and the door was open. It was really hot, and the van was open. They're driving down the street, and the van's open, and it was a bunch of grandmas in there, Steve. They were, the youngest one had to have been in her late 40s. She was the youngest one. The rest of them was 60 plus. And I walked up on them at first and they're all there. And again, 1130 in the morning. And they're just, they're already starting to do their drinking and already starting to do that. And I'm like, wow, grandma getting it on. Come on. What is it going? I was like, wow. 
But I walked right up and they said, hey, what you got? Next thing you know, I'm just standing there. Walter, we were talking on the phone, how he shares his faith everywhere he goes and how, you, how good it feels. And I just leaned into that van and I started talking to him, them ladies, started talking about Jesus. We started having church right there. They started just so open, so wanting to hear more of what we got to say. And we're telling them, yeah, and the big words on the flyer is free. Like I said, again, the best words in the human English, amen. And you go up there again. But I realized, and I started walking away, and I felt so good, man. Some of our problem is, is we don't know no more sinners. Our biggest problem for the church is you don't hang out with some people who are lost. You can't get them found unless you go find them where they're lost. You got to learn to share your faith. Proverbs says it like this, he who waters will be watered himself. You want to get a breakthrough in your life? Share your faith. I know you got issues. I know you got struggles. I know you don't, you got all kinds of things happening in your life today, but I guarantee you, if you step out of your comfort zone and you just begin to tell people about Jesus, tell them about Sunday. Tell them how you went to church. It's a little warm up in there, but brother, we were having church. Brother, we were learning about Jesus. Man, I felt the power of God in the worship. Tell them about what you experience here on Sundays. And watch the door that opens up in their life. And you know what? Many times it's people, and I ran, ran across this yesterday. One young fellow said, man, I used to go to church. I was raised in that church. And now he's got a family of his own. And he said, I think it's time for me to start going back. I was telling Billy, I said, Billy, you'll never know what these flyers can do. You never know what these flyers for do. Will it make someone turn into a missionary? I don't know. You know what? That's not my job is to do that. My job is to plant seed. My job is to water, but God gives the increase. We pray over those flyers. Amen. Amen. We pray over those flyers and have to go. But I remember singing that song. I remember how awesome it is. But I said this. I said, God, thank you that I haven't lost the excitement. And man, I've been serving the Lord 21 years. I am getting older. And there are seasons when I feel like, man, God, when is this going to happen? Before our church started to explode and grow, and I thank God for the growth, and I thank God for all the things that we're doing here. But there were many years when we were working, me and my two daughters and my wife, we would hand it out. When 2002, when we came here, I'm, I took my only vacation, which was Thanksgiving week, so we can go hand out flyers at Parkwood to come to church to give them free flyers. I've been doing this. So I told him, Pastor Art Lully said, man, you've been doing this. Well, I said, I've been doing this as long as I can remember. Well, what blesses me is you're still doing it. Last summer, I was at the park down the street, and I handed out one of our cards to this young fella, and he got it. And he said, man, he said, this is a good church. This is about church. And I, it says Jeremiah 29, 11. We got the cards on the back table. It has a little smiley face on it, and that's what I give him. He's like, wow. And I remember talking to him. I said, you know, God has a plan for your life. And he just looked at me. He was probably 22. He said, let me ask you something. And he says, first of all, he goes, is this you? Are you the pastor? Because I didn't tell him I was the pastor. I was just handing him it. This ain't about me. And I said, uh, yeah, actually, I'm the pastor. And it really got him. And he said, let me ask you a question. How come people don't do this no more? And I said, I don't know, brother. I can't answer that, but I can answer this. I, I'm responsible for myself. I don't do this every day, okay? I'm not perfect. But, man, I can't tell you how good it feels when you get out of the comfort zone and you learn. It's not that you have to serve. I try to tell our volunteers, listen, I know it's hard. It's, it's, it's a lot of work to do stuff, but... Get to the point where you get to serve. And that's why we take rotations. We don't want to burn nobody out. Back in the days, if you signed up for nursery, you were there till you were 85 every Sunday. Every Sunday. Now we got teams and we, we encourage. Some of you guys don't even want to take a break. You know, no, no, I want to keep serving. No, we want you to sit down. Come into the service. Get some minister too. Because you need to be refreshed. Amen. Because oh, and not the, you don't need to be overworked, but an overflow. Yeah. 
It's how serving needs to be in this place. Amen? Come on, give God some praise in this house. I know it's warm. Amen. I'm finishing up. I'm trying to hurry. Jesus, help us. But I I said, thank you, God. Lastly, this was what I really wanted to get to. That was just my introduction. (laughs) Some of you are like, please be kidding. The last part of that is really the the kicker, what I want to talk about. He said, I kept the faith. Just give me a few more minutes. I kept the faith. He said, I've been through some things. I've been through some things that I can't even understand. I can't even explain. I have some people try talking me out of my faith, telling me that, you know, I'm, this isn't the way. Christ wasn't really the Messiah. I, I, I've almost fallen for all of that. I, I, I've, but what he's saying is, I've, but I've kept the faith. Somehow I've been able to keep the faith. When everybody else falls away, when everybody else loses their mind and starts going crazy and, and getting into these beliefs, or even when I go through sickness, you know what? He said, I've learned to keep the faith even through suffering. So he says, Eddie, I would tell you that what I meant by that as a finisher never outgrows suffering. There's going to be times when you're going to go through seasons when you don't understand what is happening. You don't understand why God has allowed you to go through that. You don't understand why that has happened to you. But I want you to know, keep your faith intact. Just keep in the wheelbarrow. Stay trusting in God. King David wrote about it in Psalms, and he says, you know what? I almost lost my way. I almost slipped. I almost walked away from God because I saw that the, that the wicked people were more blessed than I was. I saw that they were prosperous. They were getting the jobs, the promotions, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the, the good things, and all these things, and the nice cars. And here I was, and David even said this, surely I must have cleansed my hands for nothing. Surely I must have been sanctified and be walking through this sanctification for no reason. And he just goes verse after verse about feeling like, man, what is going on? But then he writes the word until. He says, until I went into the house of God. And then my perspective was changed. Then I realized the end of those who reject Jesus Christ. I realized that some of them may be more blessed than I am in this life. But Paul's saying, there is going to be a day when I'm going to get a crown of righteousness. I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, with my Lord, and with all of those who have finished strong for all of eternity. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. David said, I almost lost my way, man, I almost slipped. But then I remembered the house of God. Come on, won't you stand with me today in this place? David said, or, or Paul went on in this, these verses, I wish I had time to go through all of them. He shows that he went through some sicknesses. He was healed. He, he saw people get healed, but yet Paul had a thorn in his side and he asked God to heal him. It was some kind of a physical sickness. We don't know what it was, but he asked God three times to heal him. And God didn't heal him. Instead, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, Paul, some things I'm going to heal you. Some things I'm going to do like that. And when you ask me other things, I'm going to give you the grace to go through it. But one thing you need to do, Paul, is hold on to your faith. (laughs) And that last one there is you, you, you just suffers. You talk about suffering. Suffering has to do with loss. He listened here that he, lo- he, left a, he lost a friend named Demas. This is so good. I want you to get this. 
Demas is in verse 10. He says, Demas was a, a guy on my mission, missionary team. He, he worked with me. I think it's in Thessalonians. He says, he's greeting the people and he says, Demas says, hi. Demas was a part of the team. But here in verse 10, Demas quit following God and went back to Thessalonica because he loved this present world. The love for the world pulled him out. And can I tell you that I've been serving the Lord 21 years and there's people that I, I had in church that I thought was gonna be with me to the end. There were people in leadership, pastors I know, that I thought was gonna be serving God to the end. But you know what? They're not. They fell away. Can I tell you that even when you suffer loss in the church, I love everybody here. I hope you all stay. But the Bible I read to you, the very first scripture says that in the last days, men, you're going to fall away. I've learned to get to the point with, I hate that people fall away, but if they do fall away, it's not going to affect me. I've kept the faith. What's that old song we used to sing? If my brother don't go, won't hinder me. If my mama don't go, won't hinder me. Remember that old song? If my daddy don't go, what's that song written about? That song is saying, hey, because I've committed to follow God. If everybody else falls away, Lord, I want to keep the faith. What am I talking about today? I'm talking about finishing strong. Finishing strong. I remember when that guy prayed for me and they wanted me to get saved. November the 5th. His birthday is November the 4th. He was 17 years old and went over there for a birthday. I had my daughter, my two daughters and my wife were young. He had more going for him than I did at 25 years old. And I said, man, the peace of God, something's different. I'm missing it somewhere. He's gotta have a better life. He, what's going on? And it was God was the difference. The next day is when I finally broke and said, God, I'm giving you all of me. I'm giving you my whole life. I don't know if I can live this life. I love to do all these other things, but I'm willing to just walk away. God, if you can do anything with me, I'll get in the wheelbarrow, but I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna stay in. Help me to stay in, because I don't wanna start something. I wanna be a finisher. Yes. How many finishers are here today? How many people wanna be finishers here today? Yes. Come on, you lift your hands to me right now. We need to close out in this place. Father, thank you for your word today. And God, it's your will that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. But it is also your will that we should all finish strong. Lord, don't let us be pulled by the world, pulled by false teaching, pulled by the flesh, pulled by temptation. But God, you want us to be finishers. To say, hey, I fought the good fight all the way to the end. I finished the race all the way to the finish line. And I've kept the faith even through the ups and through the downs. If you're in this place and you need Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you, today might be your first day that you're going to commit to him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. If you got it up already, just wave at me. If you got it up, just lift it up. Wave it at me. Let me see. Amen. I see the hand. I see the hand. See that hand. Amen. Anyone else? Lift it up high. Say, that's me. I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ today. Anyone else? Anyone else today? Amen. Rest of you, I'm believers, but man, pray for me that I can finish this thing strong, brother. I've struggled in some areas, but I know he's spoken to me today. I need to get, finish my race. I need to get back in there. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hands up everywhere. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, everybody in the room, pray this. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. 
that you have saved just for me to, to hear today. I receive it into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Help me today to follow you with all my heart and give me the grace to finish strong in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody here. I pray God that we would go in your blessing and in your peace. This word would be settled in our heart. All of these messages in this series, God, I pray would be settled deep into our heart, God. That we would not turn away to the left or right. But we would go closer to you, God, and be finishers. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.